0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Colum Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over. The NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road NFL Pass just by adding the code rvradio 2021 at checkout. Go to roadofhis.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Raise the tackle. Watch out. Burst of speed. Look at this freshman. Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio.
2: Hello and welcome to this extremely special, very exciting mock draft, Debbie mock draft. I am joined by Travis May from the C2C podcast and Matt Wispay, our Rotoviz fantasy football Debbie. DFS podcast. <laughs> You're looking at me very strange. I don't have it written in front of me and I always forget what it's called because I only wrote of his college,
3: fa- college
2: fantasy podcast. Yeah, but we don't do that much fantasy. We do so much more sports betting. So I just feel like it's ill named anyway. That's not the point. I'm joined by these two wizards to go through some Debbie stuff. I'm excited to be doing this. Uh, we're dropping this on both feeds. So uh, go ahead and listen to it on both because you never know. There might be some hidden gems in there. like. Uh, me not editing out some of Matt's cursing um but but <laughs> we'll see where all that goes Travis how you doing man
4: I'm good I'm, I'm in the middle of a college to Canton draft campus to Canton league draft right now and so it's uh it's been really fun um just to kind of get a fresh look at where people are actually being valued because I mean I, during the long offseason uh, for college football like there's so much news that changes everything transfer portal uh, right the incoming freshman class uh, like well is this freshman random early, coaching moves like enrollee uh, yeah there's so many things to break down uh news is breaking left and right after spring games right now and so it's just a fun time because there's always you know a, a flavor of the week a flavor of the day a player here and there and they'll go earlier than i thought they would and that lets some actually good players drop to me in drafts. And so, yeah, I am drafting college uh, fantasy football players in, uh in April. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: I and just want just like to point this. out that I think it's a very funny message that we got and it was from Travis earlier today. Uh, I think it just said, dang, Spencer Rattler went two picks before me. And that should just tell <laughs> you how that league is. So that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I
4: mean, I think that was like yeah. round eight or nine, by the way. So that's nuts. Yeah. Either way, I,
3: I'm
2: surprised he lasted that long. He still got value in college,
3: and Absolutely. probably
2: Devi. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, we were talking before we hit record just uh, how we are very much into these C to C leagues, as well as Devi, of course. I know we are doing a Devi mock draft. I, I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts, just real quick. Matthew, Ooh, what, what are you drinking over there? It looks like an Oreo Christmas drink. It's not at all. It's called Oops All Berries, Oh. and it's a sour beer. All right. Is it any good? It tastes like berries. There you go. <laughs> so, it's so, so, yes, it's very good. Um, I was just curious, before I was distracted by your delicious berry drink, um, just thinking about Debbie Leagues and just kind of how they are – we were talking about how, like, a few years ago, Dynasty started – getting a lot of um, attention and picking up a lot of mainstream um, kind of interest. How far do you think we are from Devi being something that people are talking about more frequently? Uh, you're hearing about it more often and maybe even some casual leagues start adopting that. Um, so when's Matthew Barry going to start talking about it? I mean, <laughs> I think
3: that's sort of the the trigger for when, when do, when do like styles of leagues become more popularized? It's, PPR became the standard when Matthew Barry started telling you that it was the best style of league. When did um, Superflex start getting a push when ESPN started telling you that, hey, there's this Superflex thing, and we're going to start putting out rankings for it. And then all of a sudden they started dropping this Dynasty content. And that's really the trigger is when do they do it? I'll be honest, I still think we're like two to three years away because I think with each iteration, it's going to have a longer window on how long it takes people to, to make the jump. So like dynasty people are now having to consider like rookies are real people that I can't just ignore. <laughs> um, and maybe I have to look at them as a prospect and like care about them for more than like one season or something like that. Um, so then now when you're talking about with Devi leagues, you're, you realistically might have to draft a freshman. Like if you wanted to get DJ one when you had to take him at like in the first round when he was an incoming freshman and,
1: and now, you now might all regret of a sudden that, <laughs> that
3: picks now that pick sucks <laughs> like it's yeah. like it's it's this weird place where you have to like really value or I guess I'll use that one that's uh higher or more fun like Travion Henderson last year was going in the second round of mm-hmm. like non devy depleted drafts um and to be it was like 201 and you had to get him as a true freshman and to be honest, we didn't think he was going to like start the beginning of the year. If you were watching spring reports, he wasn't Mayan Williams was the starter out of camp. Everyone was telling you with glowing reports that Mayan Williams was the starter and blah, blah, blah. So I think you're, it's harder. It's a really difficult audience to bring in because now you're not just trying to reach the person who watches the NFL on Sunday, because now you're telling them like, Hey, you know, that college game that you think is the minor leagues and isn't very good. Um, which I only say, I, we obviously know colleges, the more fun game to watch. But there are people who genuinely believe that, who think college isn't isn't fun, the playing talent isn't as good, and blah, 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 why would I care? It's just, you have to try and get more and more people to embrace that more football mentality. And I think that we're, it, it's a hard ask. So I still think we're, I think we're three years kind of at a minimum before really Debbie pops off with like the next, where it becomes, if I say Devi League, you're you're not looking at me like I'm a crazy person. If I say it to you, and obviously not you guys, but like most, I would say most casual yeah. fantasy football players. If you say Dynasty to them, they're like, Oh yeah, I've heard of that. I've I, I think I'm thinking I might try one of those out. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh yeah, we whisk. have that.
4: Yeah, we have a keeper league. They think it's you know they think that's yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah.
3: And I think that's where it's like, it's this weird thing, because if I like if I were to go to my league that it was, has been a keeper league for 10 years, if I were to tell them like, hey, now keep 100 percent of your roster year over year and you just now the only way you're really updating it is trades, add waiver wire and rookie draft. And that's it. There is no redraft each year. And I, they'd look at me like it was insane. So I think that's it's it's hard. Every time you do this, it's really hard because you have to get people to embrace more. More, quote unquote, analysis. Yeah, and I think and I, with, I think it's
4: capped, don't you, Matt? Like, I think like co- campus to Kenton formats are never going to be normal, like no, ever. Absolutely like, not. A hundred years from now, never. Like, no. I, I get, like, it's fun. I mean, that there's going to be college a niche, fantasy, like a niche. Whatever, I think college fantasy could pop. Yeah, more. college fantasy because could. It, it's just there's no good place to play it, and there's not very much content out there agree um and i've been like in talks with various sites like hey i'd love to do this and that and and kind of the, the the posture is right now it's like there's just not really enough demand for it but it's like chicken it's this odd chicken and egg situation right because there right. there i think would be a ton of people more interested if there was an easier place to play if they could just you know have it on their ESPN app or have it on their Yahoo app or have it on sleeper or you know something that was a very intuitive something they already have on their phone to play their other leagues but um yeah i think like normal college fantasy like focus on like just the SEC or just the power yeah. five like that like something more digestible than 130 plus fps teams <laughs> i think that could definitely pop but what are we at like 132 now yeah 133 i think human. incoming so yeah it's 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 a lot it's impossible for a normal human being uh, and we are not that <laughs> to uh, right. ingest and, and process and do anything with that information.
2: Yeah, I do think that, like DFS, like with DraftKings and FanDuel, I think that will get the college game going a lot more as that becomes legalized in more states. Um, so I, I think people will be just putting their lineups in. Um, and I think we'll see that element kind of take off a little bit more. But as far as like traditional, um, year-long fantasy for college that's probably still a while off too yeah
4: yeah that's which okay. is a bummer
2: because college is awesome
3: it
4: is and and yeah. i mean debbie leagues are awesome and that's why we're having a mock draft for the that today because it's a lot of transition fun to just, yeah i mean we're just trying to predict the future and it adds one more fun layer uh we're only gonna draft what like two rounds today probably like something like that yeah 30 30, Thirty rounds, maybe forty. We'll <laughs> yeah. just keep it at two. We'll, we'll, you know, later in the summer, we'll we'll add maybe a third round. How about that? Mix it up, but just Ooh. keep it simple. Um, and I think it's it's a lot easier than people realize to just add. Hey, mm-hmm. let's add two rounds of players. Have two two of our favorite players from our teams in the SEC or whatever uh, on the roster, and I think that that's fun because you can already get your guys just one year ahead of time. So yeah,
2: yeah, and it can still make the draft process like if you're already in a dynasty league adding this isn't that big of a deal like no. you still get to enjoy your rookie draft there's all the, there's every year even the deepest leagues there's a few guys like a kenneth walker or a kenny pickett that pop that you get to um that you get to draft uh because they're not already rostered all right let's get into the rules matt you're giving me crazy eyes over there i don't know i looking at my ranks don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in shock and all um yeah yeah just look over, hit the tab with my ranks on it, and it will uh it'll be a lot easier to di- digest as there's nothing done. Um, so we are doing a super flex tight end premium Debbie draft. We're going two rounds. Um, we are going to implement two vetoes per person. Um and Matthew, with with all that, if if I didn't forget anything, I, I believe you're on the clock. So I asked
3: for the 101 before this. I sort of hate the 101. Like I, <laughs> I think it's a good spot because I think that you're getting you. There are premium players right now, which is great. There are, there are truly elite players that you can grab, but I'm sitting here looking at like four or five elite players and I'm torn between, do I take the safest or do I take the highest upside? Um, and I think I'm going to go middle ground and I'm going to take a player that has hall of fame at his position upside with proven production. And I'm going to go Bijan Robinson. You um, sound super Tech, confident back in, that, in that pick,
4: by the way, super confident. I,
3: it's, it's, <laughs> I, it, it's not that I dislike Bijan Robinson. It's that I think that there is an argument to be made for another running back. Two quarterbacks and in a, and at a wide receiver. I think with those five, you can make a strong case for any of five players at that spot. Bijan was probably top. He was probably the number two running backs in Devi in Devi drafts last year, and he did nothing last year to really devalue himself, which is, to be honest, kind of difficult as a running back. I think most running backs that start off very high tend to slip in value as the year goes on and Bijan didn't have any of that. I think we we're still talking about a super high um pedigree back and he's playing in a spot where he's probably going to get I mean I, I would be shocked if Bijan Robinson is not taken before the 64th pick next year. And for a running back, that's all you can ask. And I mean that almost ensures that he's going to see the field fairly early in his career. And I I just, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with him as a prospect. It's just a matter of deciding between which flavor of ice cream you want at the top. So (laughs) I'm going to go with Bijan Robinson. I'm going to go with my burnt orange, orange Sherbert um, ice cream. And that's not ice cream, but screw you. Um, (laughs) And I'll take, uh, I'll take Bijan.
2: Yeah. um, I I think, I think just looking at it, as you as you were talking, I I think I would like to pick number four overall, (laughs) you know, like, uh, to your point, there's a a lot of really great options um, at the top. The guy I'm going with is a a former track and field star running the 100 meters in uh, sub 11. Um, I'm going to go with one Trevion Henderson, running back Ohio State, Um, dude balled out last year, um, as Um, As you talked about earlier, Matt, I just think uh, seeing his involvement, not only running the ball, but seeing how just explosive and dynamic he was in that passing game really just sets him up to be an absolutely dominant uh, running back at every level. And uh, Trevion Henderson going to have to wait an extra year or so than some of these other backs that we're looking at. But to me, it's worth the wait. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with him at at the number two. All and right. yes, this right. is super flex, even though we've yeah. skipped over that position. Yeah,
4: but. I mean, and for those of you who are like thoroughly confused now, like what are these guys even doing? We're drafting future NFL stars. Debbie drafts uh, to be on our future fantasy football rosters. And we can challenge each other's picks if we think we are wrong or somebody's wrong and <laughs> veto. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to do that just yet. Uh, but I am surprised that uh, Bijan Robinson and Travion Henderson uh, both went and no quarterbacks actually came off the board in the top two picks in a super flex format where you can start uh, two quarterbacks. In fact, in one, in one of my leagues, my uh, college Dick leagues, we actually can start up to three quarterbacks uh, on the college side, which makes it kind of crazy, Love but this it. is, this is not that format, but the, you know, on the NFL side, you can start two. Uh So I, I am going to go with a guy that I think has everybody, the upside and safety built into his profile and, his stature uh, to project both first round NFL draft capital and NFL draft success going to have a killer season. I I believe he's a Heisman favorite right now. CJ Stroud quarterback, Ohio state. Um, One of the best bets, I guess, uh, according to Vegas to be uh, the Heisman, this Heisman Heisman winner this year, even though he's losing uh, Chris Olave losing Garrett Wilson. uh, He still has Jackson Smith and Jigba who had a billion yards in that Rose Bowl game. He still has Marvin Harrison Jr. He still has Emeka Buka. He still has so many good wide receivers to throw the ball, plus Trevion Henderson out of the backfield to help him uh, and propel his NFL draft stock even higher. He's, he's basically a lock for first-round NFL draft capital next spring, at this point, in my opinion. So anybody going to try to veto C.J. Stroud right here? Because uh, I, I, I dare you. No, there's not,
2: No. <laughs>
3: I mean, I I like the other quarterback that you could have taken in this spot. Um, devil's advocate, if you're um, a person who wants to, uh, who is not as a as, I guess, familiar with Devi, you might sit there and scream. Well, why aren't you taking? He beat him out for the Heisman. He was, this is the Heisman Trophy winner you're passing up on. I'm going to continue to not say his name because it's a pick, but. You're passing up on uh, him for C.J. Stroud, whose team had two losses, and he threw two picks against Nebraska, blah, blah, blah. blah. C.J. Stroud really does check all the boxes. He was super accurate, Um, and you can say what you want about how great his receiving weapons are, and yes, they are, in fact, spectacular. But he threw them open in a lot of spots, and say what you will about the the Rose Bowl and how good Smith and Jigba is. Um, I think that there's a really strong case to be made that Stroud's passing is part of the reason why Smith and Jigba was able to get a lot of those yard after catch um, type of plays. So I think we're going to see a fair bit of development out of him. I don't think you're going to see the the iffy games that you kind of saw early on in the season with Stroud. Um, He's coming into the year. I say that now. Right now, he's fully healthy. Um, At the beginning of the year, he wasn't last year. So Stroud is my QB1. um, So I'm not going to argue this pick here.
4: Um, yeah. And every, every I'm sort every of annoyed Stefan took. Yeah. Just analytically, like just from a film perspective, I mean, he's, he's super safe from like a, uh, safer from a like size and stature standpoint than the other guy that we keep alluding to as well. Like he, and he has like six, three, like two 220 ish already. Like he's filling out. Um, uh, and he has mobility. He hasn't really had to show that off yet, but I think he does this year has a top 10 analytical profile, uh, in like the last, he's already had a pro already. day. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's already had a pro day throwing. I mean, it's crazy. Like, the guy, he's going to be a first round pick. So, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. And, Matt, I I think you're going to pick the guy that we're talking about, unless you, uh, you know, you know what? It's
3: because this, I'm going to say this I'm doing this because of the fact that I want to be intellectually honest with how a draft would go. If it were me on the clock, I would not take this person. But nope, I believe then, nope. take, and that take is a the that take. No. take the person that you would take. Take the
4: person that you would take right here. Because I don't want you to veto
3: it. And for fuck use. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm taking it. <laughs> He's the wide receiver one. He's been the wide receiver one in his class since he joined it. It didn't matter that he wasn't even the top wide receiver prospect in his class based on 24-7 composite. Jackson Smith and Jigba, his first play at Ohio State was the most uh, insane catch you will ever see. Because it was so good that the refs just rolled it. Oh, they were like, he's out of bounds because there's no possible way he could have caught that. Nope, caught it because he's that insane. Jackson Smith and Jigba he had 1,600 yards despite playing with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the same team. They're both gonna go first round this year. Yet Smith and Jigba's the best one of the bunch. I'm taking him because this is what I would pick. Stefan, can or Travis, can you veto it? So then I have to like hear Stefan take your
4: side uh i'm not gonna veto it here's the thing i'm not gonna gonna Uh, veto it because because he is the
3: safest pick of any player in college football to be good
4: yeah i I think so i thought well he's up there anyway um but i think he's probably at this point the safest pick to be an early first round Mm -hmm. uh selection at the wide receiver position um he he's slated to be a, a target hog in one of the most high-powered NFL, you know NFL-laden uh, prospect offense uh, in the country. Like one of them, anyway. Like with with a, with CJ Stroud and man, it, it's going to be fantastic. It's three Ohio State players in a row, so that's a little weird and gross. Uh, being the boiler maker that I am, but uh, I'm not going to veto it. I'm not going to do it because I think he's in this tier. I think you could make an argument. I I've not seen him go this high. But uh, if I was in a draft with you, he would apparently. <laughs> I mean,
3: to be honest, it's it's the Henderson versus Bijan Robinson. I think in some drafts, Bijan could slip to five, and that's where you get the you get the two quarterbacks, Smith and Jigba, and Henderson, and then Bijan at five. I it's I think it's kind of a personal preference, and like I said when I was talking about Bijan in the first pick, there was I think Smith and Jigba is the safest pick in Debbie drafts because he is exactly what you're looking for in a wide receiver and he is very likely going to have a long pro bowl caliber career and I can't say that about a lot of players so yeah I mean I'm passing on quarterback I feel a little bit silly passing on a quarterback based on like the style of draft but if I'm picking honestly like I I think Smith and Jigba is more likely to hit in the NFL than Bryce Young
4: hmm and that's fair because quarterbacks tough. Like even, even when we think yeah. they're slam dunks, uh, they I mean, last miss.
3: year with the debate with Spencer Rattler, Sam, Howell, or DJ, you at one Oh one. Yeah. How dumb do you feel with any of those picks right now?
4: Yeah. And, and we just didn't have very much information on one of those players. We do have, I feel like a little bit more information on Stroud and, uh, um, yeah. Young, but, and they're in situations where it's, it's going to be really hard for them to miss, but, yeah so right
2: i just gave um, you a
3: layup of a pick
2: yeah so um with the fifth pick i am taking quarterback from the university of notre dame no I'm just kidding yes oh, i'm gonna go with <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with alabama's bryce young heisman winner um the, the the concern is he's sub six foot sub 200 pounds yeah that makes me a little bit nervous um you look at, if you look at the stat sheet, I, I think the the rushing numbers might scare you a little bit. I think he only ran for 81 yards last year. Um, and in his freshman year, he had a negative 23, but if you watch him play, he is mobile. He can avoid, um, he can avoid contact. He can get out, get out of sacks. He can run himself into a nice passing situation. Honestly, the dude reminds me a little bit of Russell Wilson in that. Um, I like Bryce Young a lot. Uh, I, I know I spoke mainly of the negatives, but that's because you guys had already um, spoke so glowingly on him. but yeah, almost put up um, almost put up 5,000 uh, yards and 50 touchdowns last year. Like the dude was nuts. Uh, so Bryce Young this late, I mean, it's a, it's an obvious pick.
3: If Bryce Young gets like 200 rushing yards this year, his profile is going to be insane. And that's kind of where my hope is. I hope that they use him as a, hey run cuz you see 7 yards to that to that sideline uh hey run cuz you see an open 6 yards and you might be able to get to the end zone like i i really hope they use Bryce Young a little bit in the running game this year and if they do his profile is just going to be so it's going to be a Perfect. slam dunk and that's where I mean, where he was a, I mean, I'm trying to, I was quickly going to trickle climb, try and pull it up, but he did run in high school. Like he wasn't yeah. a statue in high school. Yeah. And, and he, um, it's,
4: it's more of like, he can, he just doesn't have to. When you've got,
2: he does, he chooses not to. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
4: And I think he will, I think both of these quarterbacks that we've already selected, will fill out that as- aspect of their profile and a few games in which they probably have to uh, down the stretch and they'll have a plus. They won't have a negative yard, uh, you know, performance on the ground in their peak year most likely so i I think they're both gonna smash this year both have some uh, added yards on the ground as well so it'll be fun to watch and see how they both peak but i'm gonna move on to pick six because nobody's gonna veto that one uh and i'm gonna go with a pick that might get vetoed but i doubt it Uh, and that is jameer gibbs running back alabama uh, here, so if
2: if you didn't pick him, I was gonna veto it and say Jameer Gibbs's name for you. Okay,
4: well thank you because uh, Jameer Gibbs, you know, averaging almost seven yards a touch at Georgia Tech, they have six wins in the last two years, uh, which is pathetic, mm. a, a joke of a program, and yet Jameer Gibbs uh, basically carried that offense from day one, uh, stepped into the starting role almost uh, immediately, and smashed for them. I had over twelve hundred yards from scrimmage just a year ago has almost 60 receptions in two seasons, was essentially the de facto wide receiver one or two, two years in a row for Georgia tech on top of being their best running back. Um, maybe there are questions about his size. I don't know. Like I'm not sure exactly how much he weighs. I think he's probably in between 200 and 210 right now. Uh, but I think that's big enough and he's fast enough and he is maybe the best receiving back in all of football at this point, at this point. And so, And he's going to a program that all they do is send running backs to the pros. So, uh, yeah, uh, he's in a situation where he's going to be at at worst the 1A, if not the obvious anchor feature for one of the best programs in the nation. Jameer Gibbs running back transfer from Georgia Tech to Alabama.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a slam dunk pick. That's exactly who I would be. Going with here as well. Um Matt seems confused though. Y- yeah.
3: No, I, I'm trying to decide because I think I think vetoes are going to be sort of difficult to come by as we go through this draft. And I think you can make cases for other players in this spot. Um, but it's again, I think it's sort of a I think Gibbs is safer than the guy that I'm probably going to pick at the 107, but I think the 107 has a higher upside. Um But the one of the so that's where it's I was deciding. Do I want to just veto for the sake of vetoing Um, Travis? You can type him in. You already know who it is. Um, Yep. Um. It's it's sort of a different uh, difference of opinion on this one for it, and I think Gibbs is very safe. Although I would will say that I was the del- I was very low on him going into last year because I didn't think that offense was going to be able to do much with him. Same, and I he's the think, person I've switched the most on. I think I think the fact cool. that his transfer to Alabama cool. and the fact that <laughs> he's probably I mean he's going in there and and pushed out a five star running back. He's going to jump a former five star running back. He's this it, it talks about a level of specialness to what he can bring to a program with his versatility. The fact that, and I'll just say the names like Trey Sanders is not going to ever be a thing, and it's in large part because Jameer Gibbs just took his lunch money. Um, Kamar Wheaton is is now at SMU because Jameer Gibbs came in and said, "All right, this is my running back room now." So, I, I think that you're you're talking about a, a very elite back, and it's the reason I say a lot. I, I'm like talk about him sadly is because Ohio state had a legit shot at him and backed off. And it made me sad to see him go to Georgia tech because he could have been on the Buckeyes and part of just a super fun offense, but whatever. Um, All right, Stefan, do you have anything to add before I jump in with the one Oh seven after my ranting one Oh seven, Caleb one Oh seven is Caleb Williams quarterback at a USC. Uh, The reason why I think his, he, he proved last year how amazing he is because After like four weeks of playing, people were legitimately trying to talk about him as a Heisman candidate, despite the fact that he was going to have like four or five less games than Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. But his, his level of play was at such a high level and was on such a ridiculous pace that he was going to be really someone who you consider for the Heisman. And then it fell off as the year came on because freshmen eventually fall off. The reason there's some risk is because while he is staying with the same team or staying with the same coach, he's now going to a team that's kind of like not as good. Like USC is going to be good in like three in three years are probably going to be back to being the USC that people kind of think of, but their offensive line isn't what Oklahoma's is. Oklahoma was a Joe Moore award finalist every single year. Um, He had a whole lot of protection and they had 87 wide receivers that were going to go to the NFL. Now he's going to have some receiving talent. I don't know that he is a great, eh, I guess I'll say Travis Dye is a really good running back, but I don't think he's in on a team that's like the very clear favorite to win his conference. So I, I'm going to take Caleb Williams. I think that we're talking about a guy who has the chance to be the number one overall pick in his uh, in his draft class. He was the number one overall quarterback in his recruiting class. He's staying with a really, really good offensive minded coach. So I don't. It, it's. It seems like the easy pick of this spot, and since I haven't taken a quarterback yet, I feel like I have to make a case for a quarterback.
2: So Caleb Williams.
4: I'm not going to argue with you. What about you, Stefan?
2: Well, you no, wrote it for me. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm there, and honestly, like Lincoln Riley and he being in the Pac-12 makes things look a lot more difficult for my Oregon Ducks. I know that much. Um, and so who's no, the back no, that I wouldn't say? What Travis
3: Dye? I said, and who's their running back? You yeah,
2: had Travis die. I just wanted you to
3: yeah. say a normal Oregon running back.
2: Yeah. No. I.
4: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm ready to pick. I'm ready to pick, boys. Yeah. Sorry. For I'm real though, Caleb troll. Williams like already yeah. has a 90th percentile like season by any kind of pass efficiency mark and bonkers athleticism and and insane rushing. It's just it's almost perfection already. Like it was a soft schedule, mm-hmm. but oh my gosh. Like, holy cow, like we might be looking at this and thinking, why didn't we pick him over both Stroud and Young after this coming season? So if if you like Malik Willis, this guy's better. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be the first overall pick in his draft.
2: Yeah, I was I was going to select him with this pick if he was still on the board. So um, but I have a feeling that one or both of you might veto this next pick. Ooh um but i am going with um your heart not my heart i went with your heart travis may i'm going <laughs> no, to select do the it. former the the the, four, the former fourth overall running back in his class uh running back who just put up a beautiful 1000 yard season on uh, on a team that struggled uh, especially down the stretch i'm going with one tank bigsby and i'm excited to bring him over to my squad um, think he's gonna be dynamic at the next level. Um, he has um crescendoed above Matt's arbitrary one and a half receptions per game for running back. Um Tank Bigsby is right there. So so he he kind of fits the mold in that one. Um all right, which one of you is gonna veto first? See, I'm gonna veto. I'm I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> it's a wasted veto
3: because I know Travis is gonna say Tank Bigsby over this player. I love ceiling plays. You know what's really fun? A player that's 17 years old changes position midseason and becomes one of the most prolific players at his position in the country. It's Braylon Allen. The guy's ceiling is the sky. Like it, he's he's insane. Um, I, Tank Bigby's great. Tank Bigby's probably going to be the third running back drafted in his class at best. He's m- maybe going to be. I mean, he could. He's the type of guy that could fall a little bit further. Although I do think he'll test really well, but. Braylon Allen has really kind of an absurd ceiling. And yes, he's going to be the second running back at best in his class because Travion Henderson exists, but Braylon Allen, because I have to do it because we have these two vetoes and you, you can't keep them for next, next time. so,
4: Oh, my gosh. This is so crazy. Are you
2: going to veto both of those for, for saying <laughs> you're <laughs>
4: worthy, Travis? I, I want to. I do want to. I'm going to be like, you're both wrong. You. You're both wrong. And, and this is why I think we're going to get some vetoes actually showing up, because we do get more opinionated as we go along on, on the differences yeah. on how we rank some of these guys. Uh, but so I, I am actually. Okay. Who are you? <laughs> You can't. I'm gonna. You know how much say, you defended tanks, Big I'm gonna Tank Bigsby, that Braylon Allen is the pick. Oh wow! Yeah. So okay, okay. I think um, given what we just saw, uh, you know, and, and they said this a thousand times. That given what we just saw, that 17 year old running back, to all season long. Uh, I mean, the question is like that I, when I look at his profile, like has there ever been a more impressive? young running back in the history of college football. And I I don't think there has Clarett like more impressive than 7 games in a row of over 100 rushing yards as a true freshman at age 17. I don't I don't think there's anybody that's ever done that at any school ever. And and not even at Wisconsin when they've had running back after running back after running back who have just killed it at the college level and then gotten draft capital and some of them haven't worked out at the, at the next level, but uh, the current best running back in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor, did yeah, and and he didn't even do what Braylon Allen just did in his first season. Uh, so man, Braylon Allen is is just breaking things. Like it, it's just absurd what he was able to do. Like we all wanted like Jalen Berger to be a thing. Nope, Ches Malusi who had pedigree back in the day. Nope, you're going to be on the bench. In fairness, Bray- none of us wanted Malusi no, to be nobody a wanted, thing. No. But uh, Braylon Allen just showed up, hey, guys, I'm a linebacker, but also I'm going to crush your face out of the backfield and put up, you know, almost 1,300 rushing yards and essentially, like, nine games. Like, just absolutely bonkers numbers from a 17-year-old kid uh, who already, like, last summer, I think, was already squatting over six 600 pounds. Uh, he's already, like, almost 240 pounds himself. Like, it's just – if there was going to be a next – like Derrick Henry, and there never, there never will be another Derrick Henry. But if there was going to be a, a freak like that, uh, it would be somebody like Braylon Allen. So I'm going to go with Braylon Allen here. And so right. yeah, now you win.
2: Right. Congratulations. I, um, I I I do like having Tank Bigsby sooner than having to wait forever for Braylon Allen. Um, I, I think that's I think we I think we can overlook that too often. Um, I also want to say I was doing two Debbie drafts at the same time and Braylon Allen got picked in one and in my mind, he was picked in both. And so he just sat there forever. And then right after I picked in the second round, someone took him and I was like mortified, devastated. I wanted to cry for a thousand years.
3: I'm done. What were you going to say, Matt? Yeah. Byers
4: from Morris immediately. It's it. Yeah. I was like, thing. how did I not know he
2: was available? <sighs> yeah.
3: Well, ha- yeah, yeah. I right. mean, I, I think I think Tank Bigsby is really good. I'm not knocking him. I feel like I just had to make a case against him for the no. It's for Braylon Allen. That's and fair. Braylon Allen is it, to me is just kind of absurd. I think I know
4: Travis's pick. Uh,
3: Let's here, yeah. Travis
4: 109. Uh, it's obvious Uh because I'm actually going to go with Mister Xavier Worthy uh, right oh, here. Oh, he Basically, picked with his heart. I, I did. Uh, and my head if i'm really thinking about it because xavier worthy uh, just put up one of the best if not the best true freshman seasons uh in terms of like you know schematically or well uh, volume adjusted production like in like efficiency any any way you want to kind of slice it he just put up one of the most impressive true freshman seasons ever like the dude had just shy of a thousand yards. And at 12 touchdowns, which Ross, that's wise, like, you know, that doesn't pop because he didn't get to like around 1000. But if you look at the, the passing volume that he was uh, dealing with and the, the changing of quarterbacks that he was dealing with and uh, all the other variables that, that go with Texas's anemic offense in the second half that just disappears sometimes, like he was the only thing. That was working all season long. He accounted for almost forty percent of the receiving yards. Had almost three uh, like yards per team pass attempt, which is one of the the most impactful, meaningful metrics out there. Um, and so, if you look at his like pro- his balanced production profile, it's it's a metric I I've created for Rotoviz. It's the adjusted production index. Like, if and compare him to every drafted NFL wide receiver back to like two thousand five, he would already as an eighteen year old have like an 80th percentile profile. Like, it's just insane. Like, that's that's busted. Like, no one does that. Like, George Pickens' incredible season. Nope, not even close. Rondell Moore's absurd season. Nope, not even close. Because it wasn't efficient at all. Like, it was, it was all underneath garbage. And so what, what Worthy was doing was just bonkers. All season long, beating the best defensive backs vertically and over the middle and wherever he wanted to. And yes, he's a little bit underweight right now. He was listed, I believe, at 163 prior to his freshman year. Uh, But if he adds a little bit of weight, gets up over 170, like close to 180 by the time he's drafted, I'm not worried about it. And I think he's he's pretty much a lock for first-round capital given how teams value speed, given how teams value production uh, in the NFL. And they don't care if you're undersized anymore. Teams invest in guys who can create their own separation, can make easy throws for wide receivers. And there's, uh, you know, nobody with as good of an early career resume uh, really left at this point. There's one other guy who has injury concerns and has just had to have uh, his second surgery to fix an issue. Um, But I'm not going to go that direction. So I'm going to go with Xavier Worthy, wide receiver, Texas. Yeah, and I
2: mean, if you want him to put on like 7 to 12 pounds um, by his senior year, man, he can just hang out with me. I did that in the last two months. (laughs) I mean, he's...
3: He's also right with that.
2: a a group. He's with a group of um
3: like coach. He's with a coaching staff that adding weight is not really going to be a concern for him. I I have no no concern in my mind that he's going to be just fine weight-wise. Um I do have a question and it's this is half serious, half for our listeners. Um so yards per uh yards per out run is a stat that is starting to become one of the more uh, utilize stats by the devi community and and I think that there's some quite I, I it's hard to read because like to be honest when you're here seeing yards per out run you're talking about the difference like two versus three and it doesn't feel like it's this massive gap but I'm curious what really is that is there like a threshold like what is the is the cutoff for like elite versus really good or something like that
4: I think the best answer is that that actually uh, depends on the conference It depends on um, I like guess seriously it varies like if you don't, even if you like you know, compare and I won't, I won't really get in, into into the, the tiers for each conference is I don't because I don't have I would probably say the wrong cutoffs I, I, the Mac
3: I, is the lowest for what it's worth yeah
4: but it's um, it really differs like from the SEC, to the big 10, to the big 12 to the Pac 12. Like there's, there's major differences, even like at the big 10 West versus like the big 10 East. Like there's the significant differences in terms of like efficiency metrics, like yards per route run specifically, but yards per team pass attempt, I've found to be a little bit more stable in terms of statistical testing. And so I use that instead of uh, the yards per route run, because uh, a lot of I said the wrong one.
3: i definitely meant yards. per. No, that's okay. But it, I, For hand.
4: NFL purposes, like that's super sticky year over year in terms of like predicting, um, you know, stable production production for wide receivers. Um, I haven't found that to be true as much with, with college just because the personnel differences are so steep every single year with these teams. It's, it's hard to have, um, a super, uh, steady Mark there. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great question because uh, yards per team pass attempt is definitely a little bit more stable. And so it has a, a better base like signal in terms of um, what it provides and in, in, in terms of like predicting NFL outcomes. Um, and Xavier Worthy is already like where he needs to be. Like he needs to be like average for yards per team pass attempt is 2.5 ish for like drafted wide receivers. Um but good uh, players that we like to predict uh, are going to hit in the NFL, get somewhere near like three or even higher. And Xavier worthy was like around 2.9 yards per team pass attempt as a true freshman. Uh, And so that's incredible. Even if he just peaked right there and never got any better by that metric, that would be fine. And so uh, I I don't really have any issues with him. Yards per route run uh, is a little bit different just because of, uh, Uh, that that's more scheme dependent, like how much they're integrating play action and, and, and things like that, uh, that can really dampen the actual signal, uh, you know, scheme to scheme a little bit more. I feel like.
3: All right. I I appreciate that. I was just curious, like on that front of the 2.5 is a good number to keep in mind. And then pushing three, when you're talking about that, that elite tier of, of wide receivers, really what you're starting to look at. Um, All right. I've gone back and forth on this pick. But I'm going to take the guy that's throwing Xavier worthy the ball at the one 110. Um He was a perfect prospect. And when I say that, I don't mean that like in some stupid, "Oh man, I watched his film and he did nothing wrong. He does stuff wrong, but he had a perfect 1. Point, uh, 1.0 score on Uh, the 24-7 composite, and it's because each one of the three sites universally agreed that the number one player in the class of 2022 was Quinn Ewers. And then he reclassified and joined Ohio State in August and thought he was going to get meaningful reps after joining the team in August. Um, He got two snaps at Ohio State. Uh, He handed the ball off twice to walk on running back Xavier Johnson. I know these feel like I'm just like, throwing out really useless things, but they really just like stick in my head that the perfect prospect uh, came to Ohio state said he was going to start his entire career there and hand it off twice to a walk on. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Um, so Quinn yours, he made the decision this off season uh, to transfer to Texas. I can't blame him. He's going to become the immediate starter. Uh, to be honest, if I were betting the Heisman tomorrow, he's probably the guy I'm going to go lay a little bit of money on. Um, I think he has the opportunity for an offense. That's going to be pretty dynamic. They've got a really, obviously they have a really elite wide receiver. They've got a lot of talent. They've started beefing up their, uh, their line. It might be an off a team that has to win a few track meets, which will, will boost his, um, will boost his numbers at the end of the year. So he he'll have an opportunity. I actually think if I could just bet, we'll be a finalist. Uh, we'll get a New York invite. I would say Quinn Ewers is damn near a lock. Um just because he's going to have a lot of buzz around him assuming he doesn't get hurt. So, I think the juice is minus 200 on that, though. I don't care. Just saying. Don't just... care. Um so Quinn Ewers is uh is my pick here and it's it's purely a ceiling and super flex format decision. I I would say of the, he's the one guy that'll challenge Caleb Williams for that top spot. And it's, if he actually comes in and looks amazing for two straight years, everyone will go back to, well, this was the guy we dubbed as the next Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, I, I, I think it's about that time for me to start uh, doing silly stuff.
4: Okay. Well, I'm going to veto and say that it should be Kayshaun Boutte instead of Quinn Ewers, even though I just expressed my concern. <laughs> about the uh the foot injury does scare me a little bit that's that's the only reason it seems as though he's going to be in full recovery and be fine but if that impacts his production at all i think that could impact his capital next year a little bit um so we'll see what how that plays out hopefully he recovers completely fine and uh is actually you know the wide receiver one that we all want him to be behind jackson smith and Jigba, of course because you know i'm not going to arguing with you right now, but, <laughs> but yeah, Keishon uh definitely still in the mix for wide receiver one overall next year. Uh, so I think a player that we've already seen kill it in college versus Quinn Ewers, who we think will kill it in college. Um, I just feel like it's a little bit safer. If I'm like in the first round, I want to, I want a little bit more safety in terms of projection than a guy like uh, Quinn Ewers. What do you think Stefan? Cause it's up to you.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to say maybe spend a few more minutes talking about Keyshawn Boutte since this is the pick and we won't be able to talk about him again later because... Um, <laughs> he, I win. I mean, it, so Keyshawn Boutte,
3: this was the guy, I, I mean, for me it came down to Boutte or Quinn Ewers and I went with... I, I'm I'm doing this slightly because of the fact that I think it's super flex and you have to take some risks. Yeah. But he had a receiver dominator during his freshman year of uh, .25 Um, including 25% of yards, which I I do think yards is a little bit more critical than touchdowns. If only because yards tend to be a little bit stickier. Um, he had 29 in his six games last year, he had 29% of the receiving yards, um, 53% of receiving touchdowns. So he only played six games last year. He had nine touchdowns, which is sort of silly, um, I, I just think you're he isn't he he does appear to be an elite prospect and there was a legitimate case for him over Smith and Jigba last year because he was a true starter for his team and probably the one on his team versus Smith and Jigba was the four um or the three whatever that was on Ohio State's offense in 2020. Um, So Keyshawn Butte is great. I, I, I do think that's pro- it's the right pick. But I think there are going to be a lot of drafts where people do pull the trigger on a guy that we all coming out of high school said, well, this is the obvious pick. He broke drafts last year. Like he broke Debbie and he broke C to C last year because you, (laughs) a lot of leagues you were in, you had to make a Quinn Ewers rule. No one can pick him up. No one can draft everyone had already
4: drafted and you can't just like add him off waivers like that. That would be so dumb. Right. So, so uh,
3: like that's that's the type of prospect we were talking about because he would have been in c to c leagues last year he probably would have been near a first round pick if not a first round pick and in Debbie leagues he almost definitely would have been a first round pick yeah. so I felt like at the 110 it was the right spot but to be honest I don't disagree with your veto. I, I once he said it, once he said the word veto, I, I wrote you knew how it was going to go. You, yeah, I know. I, said, yeah, I was yeah. watching. I
4: was like, yes, you know where this is going, and you know you've already lost. But <laughs> but seriously, because Cakeshawn, we were robbed of like an amazing season. Like he, uh, through like his six games, he was already on pace for like nearly half of the receiving offense uh, for LSU. It was like 47, 48% dominator through that first six games. So if you actually count that as like a full season, even though it's you know half, um, like it, his profile is absurd. Like if you count that as a full season, he's already almost got a 90th percentile production profile. So uh, he was, yeah, he was killing it in that uh, smaller sample before he went down.
3: I can't wait till he's catching passes from Jaden
4: Daniels this year. I was I'm going to be so
3: about, hyped. So I was just hyped about to that. say
2: we've we've seen a lot of uh, quarterback wide receiver tandems get get drafted in this devy league and, and i'm on the clock so we're with are not 111 you're taking i know i'm taking tank bigsby uh all the reasons i said earlier
1: yeah
4: i mean that, that would be weird if you didn't now like having taken him three picks yeah. earlier <laughs> I, I
2: almost said that to you when
3: you were like i really i just like the idea of having tank bigsby a couple of picks a couple years earlier what i was like laughing at as i was thinking i'm like you're gonna have another chance to pick him he's yeah. not getting picked between your two picks so um I, I like that obviously i like the pick at 111 I'm not going to veto here um good player I'm glad i actually am really glad he went back to Auburn
4: yeah because he's gonna be fed like crazy i mean he had what 250-ish touches last year and they're gonna have to lean even harder in on him this year probably so he's gonna see a lot of workload like it's it wasn't that I didn't like tank we didn't really talk about him earlier but i mean he he was like my running back one i think coming into his he was your running back one out of high school yeah yeah what was that a question no he was yeah he, I was. Was, he was i mean seriously because like was. he does everything incredibly well he's got almost feature back kind of size and he plays like like a madman like he's really strong has great vision has all the the film traits that people are going to love he catches pass as well um and he's going to be leaned in on uh this year even further so i think he could be a top three back in next year's nfl draft and so given that yeah, this is this is the pick. So I'm not going to try to veto again. Um, but I feel like my, my next pick here, pick 12 to round out round one. And at the end of round one and every single format, it's like, eh, is this guy really a first round pick? Am I really t- taking this player at th- this slot? Uh, I think, and that's why one of you guys might veto him right now. But I am actually going to go with Jordan Addison, Bletnikoff winner uh, out of Pittsburgh. Uh, the best wide receiver in the nation, according to those that run on <laughs> football. And so uh, 36% dominated last year, almost three yards per team pass attempt. Uh, just a, a monster in terms of consistent week to week to production. Like it was, I, I can't remember how many weeks in a row he had at least eight targets, <laughs> but it was like, it was like he had at least eight, I feel like it was at least six or seven weeks in a row last year. And yes, he's a little bit under sized again, uh, not even 180 pounds. And yes, he was that athlete designation coming into uh, college. And that's how he kind of slipped under the radar because he was a four-star wide receiver, but he was also like this defensive back slash wide receiver. We didn't know which direction he was going to go. More than half the time, uh, if you have an athlete designation, you end up as a defensive back. So uh, there were a lot of people thinking he's going to go defensive back. So they didn't even rank him as a wide receiver. But my goodness, uh, over 1,600 receiving yards last year and 17 touchdowns that raw production that the sports writers are addicted to got him that award because he's not the best wide receiver he wasn't even the best wide receiver in the nation but he-, he wouldn't have been a
3: top three wide receiver on ohio state
4: yeah he, that's actually probably true he would have been he would have been their, their fourth best wide receiver but that's actually impressive like because because <laughs> so would have <laughs> so would have jameson williams jameson williams i mean seriously yeah. so jordan addison uh <laughs> this seems like the right spot for him. I think he is mostly going to be used out of the slot in the pros, but I think he can and has been uh, demonstrating already that he can play anywhere that you want him to. He reminds me in that regard of Garrett Wilson and his deployment at Ohio State, because uh, yes, he'd be maybe a better fit in in the pros as a slot, but he can be all over the field and succeed as a deep threat, succeed as an underneath rack guy. So yeah, Jordan Addison right here. Yeah, that that
2: sounds good. I'm not going to veto it. I don't know if you want to, Matt.
4: There's
3: only really uh, there's a case to veto for another position, but I I'm going to leave it because I, I think Addison's a great pick. Um,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, run run through the first round, then jump through the break, jump through the break. Through the break. No, that's not an expression. Let's go uh, to the break that- and hear from our <laughs> lovely sponsors. <laughs> At the 101, we had Bijan Robinson, running back Texas, and then Trevion Henderson, running back Ohio State. Travis took the first quarterback off the board with CJ Stroud from the Ohio State, followed by Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver. Um, Then we had two Alabama guys go. We had Bryce Young, followed by Jameer Gibbs, then Caleb Williams, Braylon Allen, uh, originally a Tank Bigsby pick, which was vetoed. Um, Then Xavier Worthy, Kayshaun Boutte, then Tank tank bigsby who was the vetoed player from earlier and then jordan addison finished out the first round we're gonna hit the commercial we'll be back in one minute
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data Learn more at marines.com.
2: So I'm really excited to talk to you guys a little bit about Underdog Fantasy. It is one of the many apps I use for some wagering. And what I like about fan, Underdog Fantasy is it's so different than the other ones. The other ones are all pretty much the same, where you're picking spreads, you're doing the totals, maybe doing a couple of player props. But one of the things I love about Underdog is their new pick game, which is super fun to play, and you can do it for just about any sport. And you just pick your favorite over and unders on, on player totals, whether it's shots or goals or whatever it might be, and you have the opportunity to 20 times your money in a single night. I usually keep it a little bit simpler. I grab like my three, two or three favorite players just to get uh, maybe a three times or five times multiplier on my buy-in. And you get to sit back, watch the games, root for whatever it is you bet on, and then see that money uh, hit your account. I love Underdog Fantasy. It is super easy to use. Just visit underdogfantasy.com or go to the App Store, Google Play Store, wherever it is you use. Sign up with the code ROTOVIS and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code ROTOVIS. Check it out. It's super fun. I think you'll love it. And it gives you a nice... Opportunity to do some wagering in just a bit of a different way. So enjoy that. Again, that's underdog fantasy promo code viz. All right, we're back for the second round. We're gonna do lightning style here because we're already uh, burning the midnight oil for for Matt. It's like almost. I mean, it's eight fifteen. He's he's holding his eyelids open over there. Uh, Kick us off in round two, Matt. Uh, I I took him at the one ten. Um, I'm back
3: on it. It's Quinn Ewers. All the reasons I said before, he's the one guy that could challenge Caleb Williams for the, being the top QB in his class. Don't veto it just because you want to veto.
4: I'm not doing it. No, I'm not going to veto it. I'm not going to veto. Yeah. Uh, he's He wouldn't be my pick, but I'm not going to veto right here. I, I think that there's an argument to be made uh, that anybody that you would put in here wouldn't be uh, a very safe pick either. Like Once you get outside of like round one, it's crazy. Like Most years, it's not very safe. But this year especially... It feels like outside of like round one, it it, it gets diceier, like faster than I'm typically used to. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that might set up my next pick a little bit, but yeah, I think we can move on. Lightning round, let's go. Yeah,
2: yeah, lightning round 202. This one might raise some eyebrows, but uh, like you said, it's hard to find difference makers. Sometimes this late, uh, people that can be surefire. I am going with... A tight end. This is a tight end premium. I'm going with Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. We have talked about how he has crushed and dominated. Um, He had 71 receptions for 840 yards and seven touchdowns last year. Um, He'll be eligible to come out after this upcoming season, so I'm excited to get him on my team um, unless someone vetoes.
4: I'm not going to veto that. No, this was no. This was who I was going
3: to. This is who I was going to put up against Jordan Addison if I thought if I did it.
4: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Michael Mayer, like having over 40 receptions as a true freshman and then like 70 plus as a sophomore and, and uh, Notre Dame is actually kind of in that conversation for tight end you like over the years as well. So I get, they, they send players to the pros. I, I like this pick and I think that there'd be an argument to be made that he deserves to be around one player, which is crazy for, for tight ends, but um, he's going to be an early first round pick, I think in the real draft next year. So definitely uh, loving that pick right there. But I think I'm actually going to, you know, I'm actually going to stay at the position. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just because Ooh. he's not going to make it to my next pick. And if I was right here and Ooh. Michael Mayer went, I would probably go with Brock Bowers tight end out of Georgia. It's been like five years since uh, a tight end in the power five has actually had as many receiving yards as Brock Bowers just had this past year, I believe it's been like 20, I, think, I guess it was, what year was that? Mark Andrews, like his peak season. Like that was the last time uh, that we saw a power five tight end have like 882 or more receiving yards. And by the way, Mark Andrews uh, kind of killing it in the pros <laughs> right now uh, in, and not the tight end one, but in, in certainly the top three or four tight end in the NFL right now. And Brock Bowers did it as a true freaking freshman. And yes, he had a um, lower pedigree quarterback who likes to rely on that seam shot and underneath. Uh, a little bit more so than uh, some other players You're that Georgia could have gone with. National
2: championship winner Stetson Bennett. You yes, watch I mouth?
4: am. I'm talking about national championship. Do you watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a good quarterback. He was efficient, but he also really relied on <laughs> um, on Brock Bowers uh, to kind of carry him at times. Brock Bowers just flattening defenders left and right. And uh, I know it's a couple years out, but he's as safe as it gets at the tight end position. There's nobody in his class that's going to even come close to him uh, in the 2024 NFL draft. So Brock Bowers tight in Georgia.
3: Yeah, there's, there's a wide receiver that we're going to take later in this draft that he outperformed. And that should tell you how, uh, how impressive he was. Um, I'm going to go with the safest wide receiver left on the board. Uh, he had a breakout season last year. He's going to have an, a very big season this year. Uh, and that's Josh Downs, uh wide receiver out of North Carolina. I I'll be honest. I have him above Jordan Addison. Um, he's pushing against Keishon Butte right now for me. He's wow. he's a really he's a really good prospect. Um, to be honest, if his team didn't have two pros on it the year before, two guys I should say two guys who were drafted because one of them's not really a pro, um, he would have he would have been really really impressive the year before. So that I think Josh Downs is going to be i think this is going to be a year where kind of everyone comes around on yeah josh downs is awesome so you get him the, after this season and he's already got a really nice breakout year so give me that
2: all right i've got a controversial pick here um well maybe not Muhammad Ibrahim on, uh, at this point yes at 205 <laughs> i'm going to go with uh zachary evans former second like he was the second highest recruit uh running back in his class um, as we know, he just moved over to Ole Miss, which has lost a ton of production from that position. I think Zach Evans has the opportunity to really explode this year, um, and I, I think he could really see a huge boost. Uh, so I'm going to go with him here. I think he has an enormous upside. Now, I will say uh, the floor is, is is real low, too. <laughs> he, he, he could not be playing football this time next year. Um, but I love this guy, and I would love to see him succeed, and let's go.
4: Not going to veto that because, uh, yeah, these first 17 picks are not in the same order, but they are my top 17 Debbie prospects. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're not always on the same page, but uh, these top 17, like immediately after this point, it becomes uh, less safe. Like, I think it, from a- every single position group, I have more questions. Like, I- I'm considering freshmen at this point. Like, this is the, the, the mm. part of part of drafts every year where there's at least one freshman, Lee really kind of creeps in this conversation. I'm not going to pull the trigger right here, but this is where I'm thinking, man, do I really want this player or do I want to take a, a shot at the upside of a player coming in that I think could have a higher ceiling? But I think the ceiling is just about through the roof for this wide receiver that I'm going to take here, and that is Mr. Ja'Cory Brooks, wide receiver, Alabama. Uh, and By the way, guess- he didn't give me a chance to veto, but I wasn't going to. <laughs> You were going to veto? Oh, you like was Zach Evans?
3: I was. Con- I actually was considering vetoing Evans. For what it's worth, but well,
4: well, hey, <laughs> here's your Ja-Cory. shot to uh ju- you know veto with Jacory Brooks here if you want. Yeah, screw it. Veto. Um, I'm gonna go.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I think Jacory Brooks made an impression at the end of last year, and I think that is kind of what people who are high on Jacory Brooks are going to really see. Is that hey, look, he was kind of the go-to guy in the big moments. And then he didn't really do a whole lot in the National champ. or I should say, he didn't have the monster game that I was fully expecting in the National Championship game without Mechie being there. So I am going to veto it, and I'm going to take a running back. I'm going to take a running back from Clemson named Will Shipley, who mm. had a pretty dynamic freshman season, uh, was one of the top all-purpose backs coming out of his class, pretty dynamic he's white so he's gonna get compared to Christian McCaffrey so he's gonna have stupid value when he comes out as a uh rookie so yeah I'm gonna no that's not actually a reason but it, it is a thing that legitimately is already happening so will Shipley instead of Ja'Cory Brooks
4: real quick though you know I didn't really say anything about Ja'Cory. like the dude since eighth grade like he's already been like he was like they, they, he was getting offers back then because it was like oh OK, this kid's an NFL player and he was a star on the seven, seven on seven circuit, uh, went to one of the, I guess, the best program, high school program in the nation and was really solid there. Um, at every single level, he was playing against the top competition in the country and made them look like children. Uh, and they were children because it was in high school. But I mean, he made them look silly throughout the entire process. He kind of had a uh, an abridged final season uh because of how img does their scheduling due to COVID, like they they play nationally like they're all over the place and due to COVID, their schedule got chopped up some teams couldn't play with them they only had like five games or whatever so he had a shorter final season very limited action comes in uh misses some time in spring okay he's we're gonna have to wait a second on chakori brooks because he's missing time with the scheme he didn't have a a great final season a senior year but he's been this five-star freak wide receiver for years that we know is going to be a first round NFL pick, essentially if, unless he just does something stupid and then he goes to Alabama and he doesn't do a whole lot until he gets up to speed around mid season uh, and then catches the most important play of Alabama's entire year, which was the, the game clenching touchdown against Auburn. And then he catches a touchdown against Cincinnati in the playoff. And then he catches actually, I mean, it wasn't a great game, but he had six catches in the national championship against Georgia And so we're we're looking at a guy who had five-star pedigree since like eighth grade. uh, And he's, he's now clearly the incumbent, like in all the camp talks, like he's actually um, missing a little bit of time right now, but like, it's like, it's him. And then Jermaine Burton, who we'll we'll get to here shortly, probably, but uh, like, he's the one stepping up in the stead of Ja'Cory Brooks, but Brooks is the guy. I think. And I think this year takes on a bunch of volume, I think alongside Burton, but becomes the wide receiver one for Alabama, which is automatic draft capital city. Uh, And so that's, that's my, that's my bid. That's my argument for G Brooks.
2: This is actually really tough for me. Um, When you vetoed Matt, I didn't know who you were going to say, and I didn't think that I would be uh, in a difficult position, but then you brought up Shipley and I was like, Ooh, actually that's an interesting choice. Um, However, I, I think Ja'Cory Brooks is has a safer route and has more upside um than Will Shipley. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Ja'Cory Brooks here. But it was pretty close. Um I just think, man, all all the all the talent leaving that wide receiver room, the great John Mechie, um, you know, Jacoby Brooks <laughs> is gonna have a lot <laughs> a lot to a lot to you. work with there. Um well I guess we know so your yeah, next so pick. Matt. 207
3: yeah, so I, Matt 207 Will Shipley I I think he, if if Clemson can get their offense figured out this year they're a legitimate national championship contender to be honest if they get their offense figured out it's going to focus around this player right here Will Shipley um and not trying to force feed it to the same wide receiver that they've been throwing to for the past 3 years so um yeah Will it's it feels like an easy pick here for me I think he's special
2: um, so you can already write the veto in because uh, I know what's happening here um, and, 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 and 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 maybe and maybe I'm crazy, but I am not done believing in DJ Uyunglele. I still think he could be absolutely dynamic um this year and set himself up nicely for the pros. uh we we mentioned earlier that this time last year he was like Qb1 Qb2. Uh, going number one or two overall. Uh, I still like him. Veto away. I mean, it has to be Travis. Um,
4: wait, why? Oh, wait, you, are you out of veto? Because I don't have
2: any left.
3: And okay, I don't want to veto my second, myself. Uh,
4: this is my second veto. Then I, guess. I
2: can veto myself.
4: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm going to go just because I want to see Matt squirm. I'm going to go uh, with Tyler Buckner. Quarterback Notre Dame so much. in lieu of uh, DJ Uyangalele, And some listeners might think that I'm insane for uh, even suggesting that Tyler Buckner should be in this conversation, but he was somebody that um, he had a, a weird route uh, to uh, stardom coming out of high school because he missed an entire year uh, after he was trying to transfer. Uh, but in his peak season, uh, he had an absurd, uh, amount of rushing yards like he had like over 50 passing touchdowns uh and he had like 1600 or something crazy rushing yards like he was the most mobile these the best most accurate on the move kind of quarterback who could throw off off platform could could reset his platform and chuck it at 60 yards I mean he was a five-star type player coming out of his junior year and then he missed his senior year had a year off and then of course the recruiting services um and this was, of course, due to just COVID and him, him going to Notre Dame early. Uh, it wasn't a health issue at that point. They dropped him down and he was like a, a barely top 70-ish player because he missed a year. So that's, you know, that's critical. But um, he, he came into Notre Dame and pushed a guy who actually started in a Rose Bowl game and Jack Cohn, I love to rip Jack Cohn to pieces, but Jack Cohn's actually a good player. Like he's going to probably make an NFL roster. And so Tyler Buckner, being this guy who missed his entire senior year, Shows up and is clearly better already than Jack Cohn, but he's just maybe not ready necessarily to make a splash and uh, run the offense uh, like a fourth-year starter in Jack Cohn would. Uh, But he struggles at times, uh, but really the only significant action he gets is coming in late in a really tough road environment. I guess it was against Virginia Tech. Starts off fantastic, is immediately better. They benched Jack Cohn because Buckner was a better option. And he struggles because, you know, he's a freshman with a very limited uh, grasp of the offense at that point. But I think this year we see somebody who throws 40-plus touchdowns and runs for 800-plus yards and just wows and flies up in NFL draft boards and is the clear quarterback, too, in 2024 after Caleb Williams. All
3: right, I'm going to – let me pull up my rankings. Sorry, that was a Make lot. a decision. But – there's just so much by the way sweet lightning round um, yeah. <laughs> my rankings I have Tyler Buckner at 37 I have DJU at 49. I hate you but I'm <laughs> I'm doing Tyler Buckner because I, I hate both of these you have oh. such short memories no I think DJU is great. I think they set him up to fail because I think the way that DJ is going to be successful is if he is running a Cam Newton light type of offense where he is running, where he has um, multiple options at wide receiver, not just the, hey, we got a bunch of six foot five guys who can all run out and stand there. Um, And I think that offense is putrid at the moment. And part of it is because they genuinely have set him up to fail. so I I if but uh, I Buckner being this is more likely to be the starter at the end of this year than DJU and that feels gross saying that because I think DJU for me would have been the 101 last year. So cool Tyler Buckner and I don't feel great about it.
4: Awesome. I'm just glad <laughs> that By the way I, I wrote it, it as
3: it Yeah. I will you say what? you held true to your rankings. He is the next person on your board. You are not purely a troll.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, this is where I definitely uh, don't like my my board. It's it's just huge question marks galore, um, and I I'm really second guessing even how I have them currently ranked at this point. Screw it. You know what? No, I, I screw it. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Nick Singleton, running back, Penn State. I'm going to go off my board a little bit and say, uh, running back Penn State, he's a freshman this year. He's my running back one in this class. There are a few other good running backs in this class, but really love the strength and conditioning program at Penn State. And Singleton's already basically a feature back that's ready to go at this point. So I know that uh, Mr. Ohio State probably doesn't like that a lot. And if he had a veto, he would use it. But uh, I think I'm going to go and shoot for the stars with a running back who I think Locks up kind of that running, running back one discussion in his uh, draft uh, fairly soon.
2: I mean, I'm just going to veto just because I haven't used one yet. And I'm just going to go with a, a, a proven talent at the wide receiver position in um, one Quentin Johnson from TCU. Uh, so I'm going to put him up against your Penn State running back. And Matt gets to decide where he wants to fall on this one. Dude, can we not make me have, like, actually difficult
3: decisions? I really like, <laughs> I think a lot of people do. They have a case with uh, Nick Singleton as the running back one. Oh, see, here's the thing. For some reason in my head, I thought that Johnson had, like, a terrible year last year. He didn't. He just didn't play a lot of games.
4: Yeah, he didn't. Uh, and Johnston, I I actually had him run. Johnson. Ranked- yeah, I mean, I had him ranked. You have really him high. higher. Yeah, and right now, but I've got. To make I, well, some adjustments I think Singleton is the on the clock, I, this is where I would go.
3: I think you're. I think that's probably a fair. I at this point, I think by consensus slash, blah blah blah. I I probably would just say I'm gonna lean with the veto here, so I'm gonna go. The pick is Quentin Johnston.
4: Okay, that's fair. Matt to you. <laughs> Nick Singleton. Come on down. I'm <laughs> just kidding.
3: I'm not actually I, I by <laughs> the way, John the reason I did it is because Johnson was who I was picking. Um, and this is another one where I'm probably gonna ooh, screw it. Uh here's a player that I Travis has much lower. Uh he's a quarterback that I have a whole lot higher than either of the ones you guys just put up there. Um Jackson Dart, who just went to a real fun offense. Um And honestly, played pretty well in a USC with a USC team that was not going to be very was definitely not as good as the team he's going to play for now. So I'm going to take the new quarterback at Ole Miss, uh, Jackson Dart. Devi drafts are so much fun because I can see on Travis's rankings that he really hates my pick.
4: I don't hate it. I kind of like it. Yeah, I I just it, there's a lot to unpack with uh, with all that, but no, I, I think that he's going to put up numbers, just because of the scheme. Um, but I, gotta, but, I, I, gotta, I, I mean, he out. put up numbers last year mm-hmm. as well in his first game, and then basically would suck thereafter. But you know, and it was a lot of volume. Cool, but cool. He has cool face paint. That's he does. Plus. He's got cool eye black. But nah. you no, know, I, I like you Jackson know the Art. dude. I do. He's up there for me. He's just not not quite this far.
2: All right, That's so I okay. guess by the law the law of veto power, I I have to pick DJU again. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you don't, can, you can pick here. whatever you want. No, um I honestly I I was going back and forth between between him and Cade Klubnik. Um I want that Clemson <laughs> quarterback. Woo! I <laughs> know. Um I just think both of them have the a uh, pretty high upside. Um, so, I could take either one of those. The dude whose name I want to shout out because I think he's just gotten, uh, he's been forgotten this year. Um, but there's a whole lot of real estate up for grabs in Oregon's backfield. And I just want to say, Byron Carwell is going to feast this year. And he is going to be someone that we are definitely talking about this time next year um, in our Debbie drafts. He will be taken in those first two rounds, guaranteed. So By- Byron nope. Carl Cardwell is a, a shout out for me right
3: here. He is well. like a
4: fifth or sixth rounder in like college to leagues right now.
3: Not even joking. I literally had to go look up who that was.
4: Oh fuck um,
3: off! I'm not even like. <laughs> this is part of my. I don't pay as close of attention to the mid so like bad. the Pac-12. I genuinely just had to go look him up, Mister. The take you DJ. You want go lay here Cardwell? so I can. <laughs>
2: Guys, I oh,
3: uh, anyway, are you taking
1: some? Yeah, leader.
2: I'll take DJU, but I just wanted <laughs> to shout out those other two guys. I, I knew you weren't going to take Byron, so okay. Uh, well,
4: in my uh, last pick, I have to take by, by that same property. I have to go with Nick Singleton, Penn State running back. You can back. give us another shout out though, since you I will. Nick Singleton know. is the play here. But uh, Devin Achen, uh from Texas A&M might be the fastest player in college football. Like, he's a he's a sprinter. Like, he runs track for Texas A&M. He's been logged with s- several touches over 22 miles per hour, uh, which is just nuts. And and so uh, we're talking about a player who is un- undersized right now. I think he's probably, once he gets to the combine, he's still going to be, you know, 5'11", 195-ish, uh, you know, after he just, you know stops being the track star and realizes hey i can be a day two pick and he's gonna be the fastest running back by a lot in a very very good class next year he's gonna run like a four two eight or something like that silly that just doesn't happen uh for running backs it's it's seriously 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 that fast um he like he trains in that already all the time like it's just not normal so he's gonna just break stuff next year at the combine and he's gonna be a day two pick uh, you can almost lock it up because uh, he was the better, more explosive Texas A&M running back this year. And that's really not even debatable. Like Isaiah Spiller is, is good, like very good. And he's going to be a top probably three or four uh, running back in this class. But Devin Achain was more explosive and has averaged like seven and a half yards per carry over eight yards per touch. And so that's 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 a player I'm definitely taking shortly thereafter this range.
3: In fairness, it's not that much harder to be more explosive than Spiller, who runs a 5-4-40. <laughs> <You're>
2: so mean. <laughs> Matt, was there anyone you For- wanted to
3: shout out before we take off? Uh, the only name, and this is a guy that I, I think actually probably does go in top two rounds, um, is Jermaine Burton. Right, uh, yeah. I think out of Alabama. We mentioned him earlier when we were talking about Jokori Brooks. I think... He, there's a real chance he does go in and becomes the one in that offense. He early spring reports are that he is out there kind of being that, but I, I mean, I, I also think there it, that doesn't mean I'm against uh Ja'Cory Brooks. I also think there's a chance that Jojo Earl comes on sometime this year and really kind of establishes himself as a guy that we need to be paying attention to for the next season. And then one last name that I have to say, because, or, it's a pack two wide receivers. I'm lying to myself. Uh, Emeka Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, one of those guys is going to put up pretty ridiculous numbers. There's a decent chance that they actually end the year with fairly similar numbers. But if you're looking at what happened in the Rose Bowl last year, I think the early edge has to be on Marvin Harrison Jr. Just because, I mean, the dude's a freak. He's six foot four. They list him at six three. He's not six three. He's six foot four and like 230. He's a freak. And he's, when it comes down to who's going to be in the red zone, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns this year. And it's going to be intentional. So, yeah, those are kind of, there's a lot of wide receivers right now. And they're all going to be, there's a lot of really good wide receivers in college football. Yeah. Now.
2: So, no. Yeah. Um, even just finishing off this this mock draft here, I'm looking at all these other guys I want to talk about. Uh and it's a good thing we have a couple months before football season. We have plenty of time to do that. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of jumping into some of our positional breakdowns and and talking about some guys I, I like. Um I wanted to talk about CJ Williams, uh, for example, uh incoming freshman um for for USC that I think is gonna absolutely smash. And we talked about Caleb Williams earlier. Like I think they're just gonna pair up beautifully for a couple seasons here so a lot of really exciting names um raheem sanders zach charbonnet. Uh, yes zach charbonnet a nice I don't, fun how did line. we get through the whole episode and not say his name oh trust me i was holding back um anyway we are at the time uh thank you both for uh joining us tonight on this fun crossover episode um again uh always fun mock drafting with you two and that veto always is you know mm-hmm. it always is a little humbling but that's okay um, any, anything, uh, you guys want to share with us? Some, uh, some content
4: you have coming out, Travis. Uh, yeah, I've got several things I'm working on. Uh, just a bunch of rookie contract, uh, contract content. <laughs> Good job, yeah. man. I did not know. Yeah. I'm going to be signed for the NFL yeah, at age 32. Uh, no, but yeah, rookie, rookie content. That's where I'm going to be living for the next several weeks. But you know, once we get to summer, I'll be shifting to a bunch of Debbie stuff, of course. So, um, yeah, rookie guide. Uh, coming out right after the NFL draft, that's going to be going to be big. So should be fun.
2: Perfect. Matthew, <laughs> different question. Um, Anything you'd I like to really leave write. our listeners with?
3: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't really write anymore.
2: Um, <laughs> Bye, Kion Greys. Okay, there we go. Y'all have a great night. We'll talk to y'all later. Excellent. Yep. Excellent.
1: MyPatriotSupply.com